Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm your host for today, Whit Lopez, and I'm super excited to be sitting in 319 North 11th Street. If you're familiar with this building, it's where Grizzly Grizzly is located. Grizzly Grizzly is a gallery in North Philadelphia. I'm sitting with Kara Hearn and Barb Smith. Excuse me. Barb. (laughs) I'm over here making up names. Barb Smith who are having a duo show in the gallery at Grizzly Grizzly called Present Perfect Continuous. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, first of all, the two of you are both from New York, right? Yes. One from Brooklyn, one from Queens. So what brought you to having a show in Philadelphia? Well, I guess it was um, Amy Hicks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Philip. Um, contacted me about um, doing the show at Grizzly Grizzly and they um, had mentioned Kara's work to me and sent me a couple of Kara's videos and then we proceeded to kind of have a conversation. Kara and I met in person, talked about ideas for the show and our sort of overlapping concerns, I guess, and then everything happened from there. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's really cool. Completely organic, like one of those things that you really like to have happen when you're an artist, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it seemed like they were like waiting for the right pairing for both of us. They Mm. had been talking about our work, you know, showing our work and we're just waiting for the right pairing. Mm -hmm. And I think they, I think it's a nice pairing. Yeah. a good bit. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Aw, that's so nice. That's really, that's really exciting. I feel like as an artist, sometimes it's difficult to find someone whose work you can pair with, especially because the two of you kind of work in two separate media, right? Mm-hmm. So, Barb, you're a sculptor. Yes. And Kara, yeah. you're a video artist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or am I getting this? No, okay. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we both work with, I mean, Kara works with materials in her video in a similar way that I work with them. Um, in physical space, I guess, yeah. to make objects and things. So it, it made a lot of sense, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's really wonderful. So what kind of materials do the two of you work with? Or each of you? <clears throat> um, well, video primarily, but in, in the videos I seem to be attracted to like rocks, flashlights, paint, sticks, string, yarn, um, water, Salt. I don't know. There's sort of these elemental things that kind of show up in my work again and again. Clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, always tend to, one of the foundational materials that I always use is memory foam, which is like the bedding material. Mm. Um, partly for its associations with the, the bed. And then also because of how it holds the body and how it forgets. It's like called memory foam, but it actually forgets you the second you get up <laughs> off of it. So I, I wanted to um, find a way to break it, um, mm. which is how I started working with it. But it always appears in my um, whatever I'm doing. And then um, in this show, there's also like a cast silicone piece and um, some dust and bronze shims and maybe some ceramic pieces see how it all comes together but that sounds amazing that sounds so you said you break memory foam yeah are you open to explaining what <laughs> <laughs> are you 
open explaining that one? I um I conduct a wrestling match with the material, which uh which involves like um that's amazing. Uh, using a resin mm. to and and resin in the memory foam, and then I impress myself onto it. And whenever I do that, I have to um, hold my position for about forty five minutes. So oh it's like this uncomfortable endurance uh, test mm. in a way. And I always think it's going to fail. There's always a moment where mm. I'm like, fail, 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 <laughs> and then it's okay. <laughs> has it failed? It has failed. Uh-huh. But sometimes when it fails, I rip it up and use parts for other things. So it, like, it can always generate other work. But that material in particular, for some reason, for me. But yeah, so there is one memory foam piece in the in the show. Wow. So it's not just sculpture, but it's also part performance. Mm-hmm. Private performance. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've sometimes tried to figure out if public performance can happen, but I haven't quite figured out how that works for me. But yeah, there's an awful lot of like playing and private performance stuff that happens in my studio. And then you see the remnants of it. That's really cool. That's super cool. So, Kara, your work. Mm-hmm. You mentioned yarn, which I'm a huge fan of. Yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <fun> stuff. <laughs> it really is. It's really awesome. It's like, how do you take this string and turn it into an entire whatever you're turning it into. Um, But so how is it a part of your work, your video work? The yarn specifically? Or just just all the materials you named, the clay, the rocks? Um, I think I really resonate with the idea of private (laughs) private performance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think, uh, so I do, I basically create these sort of mundane absurd rituals using the materials um amazing and um yeah so i so and for the work we're showing here there's like some these overhead shots and um and it's basically my hands just in the frame doing stuff that i think i think what i'm always thinking about is all the like the many things that people do to make themselves feel okay in the world and uh, meaning like rituals or like weird habits or you know even like spiritual practices or whatnot and um, and I'm kind of like have one foot in a sort of skeptical land and one foot in a like maybe maybe this maybe this is something maybe it's doing something um, so yeah so I'm so I'm kind of like manipulating them and you know pulling the stuff in and out, but it's, it's basically like a ritual, yeah. I love that. I really love that. What made you choose ritual as something to represent in your work? Um, well, I grew up Catholic. I think that there's something deep there about that. <laughs> um, but also, I, I, I started, I, re, I was, this might be a long-winded answer, but... That's okay. Give us all the wind. All the wind, okay. Um, <laughs> So I read this book years ago called The Denial of Death. Um, have you either of you read that? No, it's like, no but I'm going to write that down. It's from, the, it's from the 70s, and it's like a philosopher, psychologist, sociologist who, who and he's kind of talking on a big macro level, but um, about like that everything that humans create is meant to distract us from the, the very like intense reality that we will one day cease to exist. And, mm. um, 
and you know it's that or you're like engaged in like an, an immortality project like trying to connect to something that will to keep you you know make you feel like you're gonna continue after you after your death in some way um, and so I so I think I started that kind of blew my mind in, in this way like thinking about that and then I started thinking about it on a macro level like what are what are all the things we do to like self-soothe and to like like especially in this current political climate and just the world that where we are now like what all of these like what is all the sort of like self-care rituals that that we do to try to like um basically stay sane and take care of ourselves and you know and for me it's always very personal like mm -hmm. dealing with anxiety or depression or or other things that other people I know are, are struggling with and kind of like putting on display like the ways we try to like contain and control those things and the ways that we succeed and the ways that we fail at the same time and I, I love that kind of like the coexistence of those things of it kind of working and kind of not wow that's really I love that I really really love that that's amazing hmm it's almost like it's like self-care before capitalism gets a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like an antidote yeah. to, to capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Deep sad. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's it's a very sobering sort of thing to think about, right? And kind of a way to like not just think about self-care as a ritual but also think about like self-archiving mm. I would say kind of is this idea of like all the things that you do to continue on after you expire yeah. so that's that's really hmm I'm gonna be sitting here thinking about this a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but I, I appreciate that hmm. that's really cool so you talked about the mundane as well. Yeah. So how does that play a role in the rituals that you're portraying in these uh, in these videos? I mean, I think I think it's the it might be my delivery. Like there's nothing. It's very deadpan and a little like Amy was saying. It it's um, a little awkward. Um, the way everything's mm -hmm. happening, and so in some ways it feels to me like. Like I'm using stuff that's pretty much like in your house and available, and it and it feels almost like cooking would would feel like as casual as that, but with you know with these sort of like greater aspirations, I guess. Does that answer that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So when you say greater aspirations, <laughs> what do you mean by that? I think it's the like. So there's the denial of death side, but then there's like this other side of me that like really believes in magic and um, and that there's like some sort of order and um, organization beyond our current understanding of things that that um, where these sort of like where if you make something physical or even in your brain like you can kind of like change something. <laughs> On, mm. on some energetic level or something. Um, so I think, 
in my, yeah, I think I'm always trying to do that in my work, and, and it doesn't ever feel like that when I'm doing this. Maybe you feel the same way, but like the actual act of making the videos like doesn't feel like a sacred thing, but, it, but I think the like the finished videos almost feel like a ritual yeah. object. Yeah, know? like when you get to, when it's formalized and you get to step back from it and you yeah. see what you did. Yeah. That feels um, like it has power, some other power. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you feel like you get yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like standing on the memory foam, that's not doing, that's not, you're not getting anything from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I mean, I mean, there's a, the endurance thing though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, I feel like that's a little more about well, in the moment, it feels like about being in my body, yeah. which I think in like daily life, especially in New York, is sometimes hard yeah. to do yeah. in a physical mm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which then creates a different way of paying attention um, in general, for me anyway. Um, and there's something about like bringing things that I've made into a space that I haven't been in before, like Grizzly Grizzly, and then looking around for like the special things about the space to interject those, um, my objects into that space and mm-hmm. then kind of draw attention to something. That feels like a bit of um, voodoo magic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like doing that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like letting it mm-hmm. put itself together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm like um, letting, I'm paying, I'm paying attention, which is some shorthand for like the universe is sending me messages right. in which I am paying attention and listening and like um, saying something back. Yeah. But not verbally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. I love this. I'm into it also. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this took like a little metaphysical, <laughs> yeah, right. little metaphysical bend. Yeah. Love it. So in that vein, um, you mentioned, uh, and I'm, I'm a, why am I pointing as if people can see who I'm pointing at, right? Kara, yeah. you mentioned <laughs> that the actual thing that you're doing isn't the thing that kind of holds the power, yeah. but it's the power, the power exists once the object or the video is finished, then the finished product is imbued with power. So in my mind, what I was thinking of, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Inkizi, which are, uh, they're an African object, African cultural object from the Congo Basin. And they're, they can be like a, a person, right? Just like a wooden person. But then each time somebody needs something or somebody has a prayer or a concern or something, they hammer a nail or a piece of glass into it. So by itself, it's a wooden uh, person, right? Or a wooden shape or something. But it's not until people start to hammer their concerns into it, people start to put the glass into it, and also some of them have a container on them where like uh, a poultice can be put inside or something that's magical, right, that's holding more magic can be put inside of it. And so when you mentioned that like the process is not where the magic is, but the finished product is what has that power, it made me think of that because it's like it's the same thing with the Nkisi where it's like, this wooden thing, right, this wooden person or this wooden statue is not, by itself, is not what has the power. It doesn't have the power until it's blessed with the power or with the poultice inside of it, the herbs or the whatever goes inside. But then also when people come with their concerns, 
So I, I appreciate that you brought that up. Like that was, it was like one of those art history moments in my brain. I was like, oh, there's other things like this. <laughs> but I, I love that your work is like that, like the finished product is where you feel the magic exists. Yeah. That's really cool. I love the idea of it being, of it being like a bunch of different people's concerns. That sounds really powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So that, is, it, is it like different people coming to the same one and they're everything? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a whole yeah. town, a whole tribe, folks wow. can just come to hammer their concerns into it. Wow. So yeah, it's, yeah. Like if you see one that's been uh, fully used, mm-hmm. it looks almost like a porcupine. Like it's mm-hmm. just like on every side, it's filled with nails and pieces mm-hmm. of glass and sharp objects that have been hammered into it. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen one, I, but I've seen it only with nails, but they have them with glass and stuff, too. Oh, definitely. I think there's a, I think there's a couple in the Penn Museum at their, uh, so if you're in the city a little longer than just for your show, <laughs> yeah. feel free to stop by yeah. down by the University of Pennsylvania to their museum. Cool. I think they have a few on display. So that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that reminds me of something that what Bart was talking about, about did you say embodied? Oh, or maybe that seems like the word I would say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think I think that's another aspect of it. And with this new work, I was thinking about that a lot because I've been I work at a in a college and, and mm. think about pedagogy a lot and have been reading like this a book about mindfulness and mm. anti-oppression pedagogy mm. and um, and the whole. I don't know. This one, this one chapter that really stuck out to me is is all about like the how. Um, hold on, let me try to formulate this. Is how? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, like that 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 we can't be dominated if we're connected to our bodies mm. and to each other. Mm. And so I love the. And I think I've been thinking about that with like this action and this sort of like embodiment of some sort of like mental shift that needs to happen, um, and and also like the community aspect of that and like being connected to one another. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's beautiful. So, do you feel that you put mindfulness like as a practice into what you're doing when you're making the process for these videos? I try to. I don't know how. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I don't feel like I am mindful when I'm doing it, but I'm. But there's a lot of like breathing, and the, you know, there's a lot of things that are are designed to encourage mindfulness. But I think when I'm actually making them, because I'm shooting, and you know, there's a lot of trying to remember what I'm doing next and stuff. I'm not like super present in the moment. But I think it I think it comes through in the final mm-hmm. thing. I hope uh, that's the hope anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's also a lot of repetition, which is oh, yeah. a way to meditate. Yeah. True. That's true. Yeah. It's a repetition in your work bar mm-hmm. as well. For sure. I don't know. I mean in this particular um, iteration of things, there's um, like there's some um, little air dry clay like squares that I made which look like miniature dye which I applied to the piece as if I was throwing down a handful of dye mm. but I made them while I was listening to a podcast 
on depression, oh. actually. Oh. Wow. And that was like, mm. I was like, I need to do something with my hands. <laughs> and now I will make these cubes because that was what felt appropriate in that moment. So, but it was like this, it's a rec- it becomes a record of listening, whether anybody knows mm. that that's what it is. It doesn't Absolutely. necessarily, they don't need to, but that's what it is for me. Um, and then there's, there's a lot of like, like cups and um, different forms that will repeat, like craft, like I think like part of my practice has a lot to do with craft processes and there's a lot about repetition and um, procedural ways of working that I find very meditative in, in craft in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's relationship to sculpture is a whole other layer like that I like to um, try to deal with in some way. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. So the the title of the show is Present Perfect Continuous. Mm-hmm. Is that part of like hmm, is that kind of embodying your practice? It's um I mean, partly, I'm trying to remember how we arrived at that exactly, but I, I feel like I, um, I think a lot about language and communication and um, specifically, I think sometimes experiences that one might have that you can't put into words very easily mm-hmm. that you still want to try to communicate. Um, and, and because of that, I think that I... Um, I don't know, we were, I was looking at some like um, grammar terminology and then we got together and had a discussion about it. And I think the thing that is nice about that title is that it, it involves like all kinds of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's past, present, future, like everything is like happening. Um, and that's, that was why we, we chose it. Cause it's, it's like my, you know, my work has a lot to do with memory so I'm, I'm looking back, but I'm also looking forward um, at other things, and then I'm trying to be present. It's like, mm-hmm. all of that is happening. So. And it also has that, the component of, like, that, that an action that has until now <laughs> yeah. <been> continuously <laughs> done or something. Yeah, it's yeah. probably a better way to say that, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah I like that there's something sort of desperate. In yeah. The, the, it's like, I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying. Let's keep, keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I really, I really, really do. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited to see your show when it's up um, because I love how the two of you are weaving this kind of story together that includes like magic and mindfulness and <laughs> ritual and, you know, and material culture, um, but also like I mentioned earlier, kind of like the self-archiving too, right? Because you, uh, Barb, I'm pointing at Barb currently. <laughs> I got to stop doing that. So, <laughs> you mentioned that your work uh, has memory aspects mm-hmm. to it. So you mentioned the memory foam earlier, but are there other aspects of your work that also embody memory? Yeah, I mean, I um, I'm really drawn to um, materials that are very responsive to touch, um, and so I make things like um, lead baskets where I'll take sheet lead, make my own tubing, and then weave a basket. And that stuff is like flopping around. Again, it's like this, there's like a struggle element in my work as well, which sometimes is like more overt than others. But um, as I weave the basket, the basket twists and follows me around and it has that memory to it. Um, so, So there are ways in which like a process I use or the way that I handle a material, um, 
is it's like stuck in there mm-hmm. and it has that memory to it um, and so there's that and then there's also like things that I might be attracted to um, that I want to pick up on the street because it reminds me of something um, very abstractly from my childhood or something like that and I'll take it back to the studio and let it sit there and sort of like accumulate studio um, energy until it makes sense for it to go into something else. Um, so there's there's a lot of time, like slow. Slowness is important. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned memory and how your objects kind of uh, hold on to the memory because you choose objects that, or you choose materials that are responsive to touch mm-hmm. so that they end up holding things. So that means that people who come in later can also kind of step into that memory with you a little yeah, bit. I mean, they, they, they won't know what you did to yeah, get it to that point, yeah. but they'll be able to step into like a portion of your memory mm-hmm. or the memory experience. That's what I try for. Like I try generally to have something, like if I do an installation that has a lot of objects in it, I always try to have an entry point that's like a common entryway, like a um, like a mass-produced recognizable object. Like the one that comes to mind right now is that I had like this like I had bought like this lot of ballerinas, like pl- little plastic ballerinas, because I was thinking about like this jewelry box that I had when I was a kid, and about ballet as like the only thing I ever quit, and I like couldn't handle like how girly it was, and like <laughs> all this like stuff, but then I felt inadequate, and then like. What's wrong with me? I can't do the ballet thing. And then, so I bought all these, like, <laughs> I bought all the, these plastic ballerinas, and they were all the same except for this one ballerina. <laughs> and it was the most beautiful ballerina. It's like paint was flaking off, you know, and, and that was like in the, this one show, and that was like the entry point where it was like, oh, there's a ballerina, and then there's like the Nike of Samothrace sculpture, which is like, kind of related and then there were some other materials like pink like I bit into a bunch of pink wax but it related back to the ballerina it's like like I don't know I try to give like a doorway in to the world that's being created where there's enough recognizable things that Mm. one might be able to start making associations even if they're not like my specific associations but it's a little bit like a dollhouse or something like like Mm. I'm like an abstract sculpture making like a dollhouse with like cubes and rectangles and like the random ballerina and like I don't know amazing. something like that <laughs> sometimes <laughs> not always <laughs> that's amazing um, it brings to mind for me kind of um, I don't know if you read Toni Morrison's Beloved yes I love that book Oh I God. do too it's so good uh, the book is genius yeah. right oh. right it really is in, in part of the book, Setha talks about remembering, where yeah. like stepping into like a space kind of like brings back the memory of that space, mm-hmm. even if you weren't the person who, whose memory it was originally. Yeah. And so I like that you're talking about how like you're associating things with like things that other people can recognize so that even though they're not going to step into your memory, it might trigger a memory for them when they encounter it in the space mm-hmm. so I like that like I, I really like that that idea like that's really cool because it kind of brings in like this performance aspect for the audience too where like you know you did this performance that we don't see right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
this this <laughs> private secret performance. But then later when folks come in, like they're also they get to perform themselves mm-hmm. in the space too. And I actually re- I love watching people look mm. at those things. Like it is so good. <laughs> they're like down there, like looking and pointing, and kids always want to touch. Mm-hmm. You know, always, there's like always. little balls or little cubes or like, and it's great, I think. It's like they're connecting them to it on some level. Um, and every once in a while, someone will come up to me and say something. Or they're like, oh, this reminds me of that. and Or this reminds me of this moment in my life, you know, and that that's like perfect. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the best. That's so. That's wonderful. I'm very excited. I don't know if you can tell <laughs> since I'm nerding out about like both of your practices. <laughs> this is a really exciting show. Um, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing it and also being able to kind of weave together the parts that, uh, that I see that are reminiscent of the other's work in the other's work, mm-hmm. if, that may- if that sentence even made sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, since you both you both mentioned things, a lot of concepts that are very similar in your work. So I would love to see how your work bridges those gaps. So I'm very excited, very very excited. Um, so this show is running from December sixth, this Friday, to Sunday, February second, in 2020. Yep. That's wonderful. So folks have a lot of time to see it. If you're in Philly or if you're passing through Philly, you do not have an excuse to miss this show. <laughs> it, will be, <laughs> it will be up from first Friday, December 6th until Sunday, February 2nd in 2020. So make sure you stop by Grizzly Grizzly at 319 North 11th Street on the second floor to catch this show. The opening reception is going to be first Friday, December 6th from 6 to 10 p.m. So I'm going to ask the two of you, do you have anything planned for after this? Mm. Anything in New York or some other random state? Oh. I, no. Not really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, lots of applications out there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's application season. Oh. Um, I am working on um, some little pieces for a show at September Gallery, which is in Hudson. New York, uh, in the Hudson okay. Valley, not to be confused with upstate, apparently, hmm. right? I don't know, it's sort of upstate, but people get really weird about that. But um, <laughs> there's a show called Tiny Things, or I think it's tentatively called Tiny Things, and um, it's like seven, six or seven artists making really small work, which the point of which is to get oh, people to cute. slow down. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. So that's in February. Cool. Amazing. Thank yeah. you for sharing that, Barb. Yeah. Well, you heard it, folks. Barb's going to have a show in, in the Hudson Valley, <laughs> yes. not to be confused with upstate New no, York. Not to be confused, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but many thanks to the both of you for sharing today and for, for really getting down into the nitty-gritty of what is behind your work. I'm super, super appreciative, and I'm sure that the audience is going to be appreciative as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing your show in person once it's up on Friday. (laughs) On Friday, so I will be there, and I promise this time I won't bring a large can of nuts with me. (laughs) (laughs) Or do? (laughs) 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 The more the merrier. (laughs) So funny. Thank you for yeah, thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you.
And for those of you who are out there listening, you can listen to this podcast on our blog's website. You can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.